What's happening? Welcome to season two of Apples and Snakes, the podcast. I'm your host, Yomi Shode, and we have a whole new set of poets and are still focusing on what it means to be black, British, and a poet or spoken word artist. If you're interested in getting a greater insight into the journeys of some of your faves, then join us and keep listening. Saying that, if you do like what you're hearing, Remember to subscribe wherever you usually listen to your podcasts and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, we're back in for part two of our conversation. This episode, I'm talking to Kenny Baraka and John Bernard. In that sense, I, I, I think that, you know, because I, I don't want to romanticize it. I think sometimes we romanticize it. Do you get me? With, this self, mm. with these, you know, Selfless oh, vessels that are just here to 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 do the to do righteous works, and yes, we are. But you know what I mean. There's like there's 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 no shame in the hustle. You get me? Like, oh, oh. <laughs> we're doing this because we love to do it, and it, it does what it does for us. And it's a beautiful thing that in doing that, I shine, you shine. And I think that I think John, you spoke to it earlier for me when you said you go with what you're good at. <laughs> you start with what you're good at. You start at that that base skill set, yeah. and then you let that evolve and expand and flourish. Yeah. Um, Yomi, you, you know that. I was, listen, get at it, get I'm, at it. I'm No, 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 no. I'm like, I'm not me. That's me, me. I'm not trying to romanticize. There's a reason why I don't think I'm best suited to try work with like under eights or other whatsoever. Like <laughs> at one point. The point, the point when one kid took, the point when one kid took my, took oh, my glove, shit. took yeah. my gloves in winter and ran down the swing. And I'm like, I ain't chasing you down there. And this will be the last time you're going to see me trying to work in this situation because I can't do this. I just can't do this. Let me, I got kids. Let me, that's going to be the engagement. And that's as far as it goes. Ain't no romanticizing there. I'm just not trying to get myself in stress. That's not what I'm trying to do. So yeah, I do, um, hundred percent. I hear you. I think there is something. I don't know if there's anything for me. I don't. I don't know if I go into working with young people thinking automatically, what am I going to get out of it? I think that part comes after the work in terms of the reflection or how did I feel in regards to it? Because to be fair, and as you know, both of the work that you know you both do and I do, some of these kids, hey, it ain't easy. It's not. It, what? It's not. Easy. I've had things thrown at me. I've had weapons brandished in my face. I've had all kinds of different experiences with young people on a one week. And then the, the next week, they're like, oh, you almost got on. I'm like, yo, wasn't it you? They were just dashing something in my face the other day. What do you expect me to be saying to you right now? So there's definitely, I wouldn't definitely think that there's a different thing that that there's a different kind of um, spirit, a different kind of energy is required for it. But talk. I, I, I'm really keen by way of Luton, by way of Coventry. What is it like? Like, um, John, do you mind talking a bit about working with some of the young adults, young people in, in, in Coventry and that kind of community ethos? What is that like, please? Yeah. So Cov, Cov's quite different. Um, Cov's small. It's, it's one of those places where it's small, but it's not small. So what I mean by that is, you could probably travel around, travel around all of Coventry within a day if, if you want to do that. But at the same time, it's like every area has its own way of doing things, you mm -hmm. know. So And then now we had a situation where 
um, especially with, with young people, there's there's a there's a high rise of um, um, like post called warfare. So, and the, the the weird thing with a city like Coventry having that sort of thing is because again, you can get from one end to Cov in about an hour. So that means like these kids are literally in. Um, if it's their own postcode, like within like just a little segment of an area and they can't go past that segment of that area, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, most of the colleges are in the city centre and there's another postcode there as well. So wow. now if you're from a different area, now you can't go to that college, you know, because you have to travel through town. You have to go, you have to be in town anyway. So it's a bit of a weird one. If you want to travel elsewhere, then you have to go past that. So it's a bit of a, it's, it's the dynamics are crazy. Um, so there is that that sort of issue in terms of community wise. Um, I grew up in uh, the south of Coventry, um, a place called Stockholm, a more working class area. Um, a lot of issues, people going through stuff, but there was, there was a great sense of community. There's a great sense of if you're missing school, if you're truant, your neighbour will snitch on you. Your neighbour will be like, "You better get your." Ass <laughs> that's, that's the type of area it was. You know what I mean? And uh, everyone looked out for each other and looked out, you know, after the kids and stuff. Um, and um, but at the same time, you can't sort of like go away from the issues that young people see on a day to day, you know, as much as there is that community feel, but there's a lot of community issues, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so so there, there is that. So I think myself as a youth mentor, you know, what we have to deal with is um, sort of trying to create a, a safe hub for young people. So when they come to our sessions where when in our presence, it's like you in this safe hub, like you could be, you can be a kid again. You can be, you can be you, you know, have fun, talk, you know, write, you know, um, express yourself, you know, mm -hmm. um, and we want to create that, you know, we, we, we do it, um, we do it so that it's like, they, 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 they go back to understanding that they're kids because I feel like a lot of the young people that we, we come across are, you know, they're, they're, they're way too mature, you know, way, way like beyond their years, you know, because they've mm -hmm. had to do things, you know, and, um, and for us, it's like, yeah, you're a kid, be a kid, you know, enjoy yourself and play and le learn to do this and write and talk about it, talk about your feelings, all that sort of stuff. But you're a child, you know, and it can mm. be children. But once they come out, it's that bravado and the barriers are up, you know. So I guess for us, it's just like trying to figure out ways of putting the barriers down, you know, and, and seeing them for who they who, who they are, in, in essence. Oh, yeah. As writers and performers, yeah. um, how do you balance engaging a young cohort of listeners to i don't know older cohort of listeners to does do you have a piece of work for example that kind of works for i don't know 9 to 13 16 to 18 or let's say 16 to 25 and then we're talking like 30 plus type thing like is that when it comes to you engaging some of these community folks like members of just members of like performance and what have you do you how do you um prioritize this work is it a priority to you because i know kenny you you work with some young ages and you work with some of the older age yeah. but john do you operate in the same way or do you feel like you 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 speak to a specific demographic in terms of like yeah, how what is that? So okay. I've gone to a school recently as well. I've gone to a school and this this always happens. If I do a poem, kids are like, okay. Then we'll do a song. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's like if, if I'm doing an acapella where it's just bars, right? Not in any poetic formal structure, just bars. Kids receive it differently. But if you if you introduce it as a poem, it's like, oh, 
here we go again. So I've kind of learned to sort of like um, to if I'm if if I'm going to go to a school where it's probably like you know year eights or year nines, I might do a short poem and I might do some music. You know, if it's like year eleven to like six formers, you know, they're they're more at the age where they might appreciate a bit of poetry. You know, they've probably heard you know spoken word poems before, and um, but uh, majority of the time it's kind of seeing engaging. You know, what the energy is. You know, mm. kind of tailoring my approach to, to the energy. If I'm in a room of like, you know, 30 year olds and over, it's, you know, they, they appreciate poetry. Like recently I did a show and it's the mayor and stuff and they appreciate poetry. Like they just appreciate words in, in, in that sense, you know, but the, the, the kids appreciate words, but it just has to be in the, in a way that's, um, that matches their energy as well, mm. you know, mm. and I, I feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel, I guess it's that, I guess it's just matching the energy of the room, you know, mm. whether it's through poem or, 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 um, or song. It's just understanding like what the energy um, requires you to to sort of do, you know. Mm. So, but it also means that you have to be well equipped enough to kind of have that sort of artillery with you. Yeah, yeah, to go back and forth. So yeah, Kenny, uh, much the same. Uh, I think and this is funny because again, this is the extension of us as performers, right? That's what you have to do for any show. You have to go in with your plan. Really, that's what you have to do in any situation, right? Is going with the plan. But have, you know, know that that plan is probably not going to work out exactly as you had <laughs> planned and be able to have an arsenal and experience to kind of dip into that arsenal and use depending on the room. Uh, I, I, I kind of generally go in with with two stock pieces. But what I really enjoy now, uh, because I don't record uh, or perform in the way I used to, uh, again, my my. My, my purpose and my mission right now is to, to do that for the, you know, to help the youngest shine. Uh, but what, what I really enjoy doing is getting a booking, figuring out the demographic, figuring out what they, what, what that place might be like, what these youngest might be like mm-hmm. and writing a piece for them. Because mm-hmm. I've found that for me, and a lot of this came from my teaching experience when I, back when I was in high school back in the States there's not a tougher room than a room full of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People who <laughs> bought your tickets to come see you and know you there and fans have listened to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. but you put yourself in front of a room, John, Yomi, you know, it. Yeah. arms folded, like this is long already. Yeah. Okay. And after no a minute joke, or two, they're like, cheers. We won. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that yeah. to me. So I, I really get up for that. And that's what I enjoy doing is getting a book and be like, ooh, what am I going to write for them? Ooh, what am I going to write for them? Uh, mm-hmm. What am I going to write for them? Go in there. This is what I, nah, this ain't what I thought it was. I got the two stock. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, and again, I think it's, it's just an extension of, of our base skill set, which is, you know, performers and knowing how to read an audience and read a crowd and read a room um, and, and give the people, give the people what they want. You know, you know? Mm-hmm. say what um, you want to say in the way they need to hear it. You know what I mean? Before, before we get into our, our second poem, um, I always tend to kind of explore this with 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 like minded folks like yourself that just I respect and I admire in terms of the work, and I always think about my own journey and the, the difficult points, right? Like, um, can you touch on it earlier when we were talking about working with? the community, work with young people. So it's selfless, but yeah, at the same time, it's selfish. There are points in which we're doing this and it's coming from a specific space. And 
for yourselves as artists, have you have you were there points of difficulty that you're just thinking, "Wow, man, this this gig ain't easy." <laughs> you know, it was like where you thought, "Yo, what what is this?" I'm like, "What? Like, wh- yo, what?" Do you see what I mean? As as that as the, as a point like that ever um, kind of struck you at some point, you know? I'm not even looking at how did you come out of it. I'm just thinking about do you recall when that happened and and yeah, how what was what was that? You know? Yeah, definitely. I definitely recall a few moments like that. Um, yeah, like hundred percent, hundred percent. There's been there's been times where literally. Um, especially when I first started performing, where the lights would go on and then my mind would go blank. Wow. No, real talk. And I'm staring out into the room and I'm thinking, bruh, what the heck am I going to do? You know, and you you know, because because you work on your craft and you feel a certain way and it's that eight mile moment. You know, when you, you choke and you've choked and you feel like it hurts. Because when you, when, when you come up, even if you, see the funny thing is like, you end up doing a, the poem, right? You figure yeah. out ways of doing it. But afterwards, it's that pain of it didn't go the way you planned it to go. Yeah. You know? And everyone can be like, oh yeah, that was great. But in your heart, you're thinking, that wasn't great, man. I messed yeah. up badly. And I feel like what, what I've learned from those sort of things is I feel like we, we need that. It's, it's humbling because it's like, it just shows like, okay, do more. You know, if you rehearse for like an hour or two hours, do three hours. You know, if you did, do more, you know, so you, you get to that level where you know, you're able to handle it differently as well. Mm. Um, I feel like th- those moments th- do happen. You know, and for me personally, it's um, sometimes when, when I fir- when, it, when it was first happening, I kind of had to. If I finish the show, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm going <laughs> no word of a lie, and I'm in my room. I'm sleeping. I'm just like, yeah, I need to sleep it off. That's like money gets me. You know, we get to the point where. Then now it's like I can communicate, I can talk about it, I can be like, yeah, you know what, I messed up there. Do you know what I could have done that better? And it's a bit it's a bit different, but yeah. Fun, fun fact. Um yeah. it's one of the openings, one of the first set of shows for my solo show. 60 minute show, yeah. Seven minutes into the 60 minute show, there's yeah. this one kick that I always do as part of the show and cult. And mm-hmm. this one time I put too much a bit too much vim in this mm-hmm. kick, bro. Yeah. I'd done this kick and without a shadow of a doubt, I heard the crack. I just like a, a, an absolute rip happened in my trousers. Bro. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Bearing in mind, this is a 60, this is a 60, six, zero, 60 minute show. Seven minutes into the show, I split my trousers. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. And I had to. I'm like, yo, what's about to happen? Because inside it's that internal dialogue with just yourself. Because you're just like, yo, how <laughs> how am I gonna get through the rest of this show without Damn. people seeing my boxes right now? My like my thighs, <laughs> like his skin, B, like what's about to happen? So the rest of that show, anything I was walking, I was walking like some like some penguin. Like I was <laughs> this is how I was, I was trying to work the show, but we made it through. We had to make okay. it through. Nope, everybody was just like, what a show. I'm just like, you don't know what kind of stress I was dealing with. Uh, I took a picture of the, tra- of the trousers afterwards. Yeah. Like, this is what I was dealing with, but I'm glad you all had a good show, you know? Yeah. Um, Kenny, um, what about you? Any, any moments? Uh, <laughs> too many to count, right? Too many to count. We earned our stripes. Um, 
I think I think one one of the most difficult moments for me uh, is I'm doing a uh, we're doing the beginning, the introduction uh, to a six week project at uh, one of the Prus, uh, and we have Malika is there, Charlie Dark is there, I'm there, uh, but I think it's just me. Just me and maybe Malika who would have been no me and Roger Robinson who would have been doing the project, uh, but this was just kind of an introduction to of us to the youngest we would be working with. Uh, so it was like a room of 20, 20 or thirty so knuckleheads, um, mm. and I kick it off and I start my piece. And you know that 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 moment when younger people don't know how to respond to something, so they laugh and they giggle. Mm. And I, I'm like, I don't know, two or three bars in, and they just start giggling. Wow. And laughing. And I'm like, it took me like another bar or two before I had to had to take it back, you know what I mean? On them and be like, yo, 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 yo. Ease up. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And then go in, go in hard. And the, the laughing still continued and whatever, but I think it's that moment when you know that they're not perhaps ready yet. They weren't, they haven't been primed mm. for what you're going to do yet. At the same time, you know, that if, you know, any emotion, any reaction is better than none. No reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you're touching a nerve in a sense. And, and with that, in that moment, in, in that same moment, in that I'm excited at the potential of what, we, what we're going to be able to do. Cause obviously they getting it and it's making them feel a certain way. Uh, but I got to muscle through this. I got to Bronco through this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, t- it, took me, it took me back to Brooklyn you, in the 90s, man. It's like... <laughs> you, yeah. Do you know, like, you raised such an important point and why I think this conversation is really, really, really essential because what essentially what you're saying is that it's one thing to be a writer and a performer, but when you're working with really difficult groups or when you're working with hard to reach groups or where you where you're working with groups that might not be used to this kind of landscape or world this is how they're going to probably react for the most part i remember early doors when i was doing like poems in like open mic nights i was used to live music folks would just get up and go to the bathroom folks would just go up and go to the bar folks would just pull out their phones folks would just kind of start talking to each other and i'm there on stage like am i not about to perform my work to you and you're just dealing with me like yeah. I'm some any kind of like what am I what, what's going on so I th- in a way is what we're asking or what we're saying is in in prepping yourself to be in a in a situation where you're probably going to read or perform before be it a hard to reach or hard a harder audience so to speak resilience is one thing that you that is in that tool belt that 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 you both would both of you consider that resilience is something that you need to take into consideration to kind of push you through. You said muscle, um, Ken, but I'm just like, apart from trying to get all Schwarzenegger with it, what what mentally is required in order to kind of push through when you're working with 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 um when you're work, when you're in landscapes that is difficult that is not ready to hear the poems that's not ready to just take time for something other than what they're used to what what mentally do you kind of to take into consideration to put you to push yourself through uh 
first, what did, what did he say? In the, in, the, in the 10th round, you're going to feel something biting at the back of your neck. That's pride. Pride fucking with you. Fuck pride. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think, I think to be honest, a little bit of it is resilience. A little bit of it is just straight old road street pride. Like, nah, I'm not. Nah, it's not like that. You know, it's not going down like that. This is what I do. You know what I mean? So I think that's 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 a lot of what what, what can get you through, uh, what gets me through. Um, but I think when you find yourself and you find yourself in that environment, you should be. I am generally you know, enthralled by the potential. That's saying that it's time to meet them where they're at and bring them there. Again, they feel a certain way about it. So, you know, they hear you. They just don't know to, what to do with what they're hearing. So let's, okay, cool, cool. Actually, that's a good starting place. Because now we know we can back up and use that as a midway point, And then we can even go past that. We can surpass that. We can go to a place where you're putting things down on paper and putting things out into the universe that make you and others feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it starts with me making, you know, putting this out in the universe and you feeling it, making you feel a certain way, but you're not ready. So we'll back up, frame that, get to where now what I was saying, you can you can kind of understand and process what you were feeling, put that into your own words and then evolve that. So what do you say to the to the writer? I, I need to get into this poem, but this is so sick. I, I love this. I'm going to get to this poem. But what what if the writer that is in these positions, they don't know how to deal with confrontation like that. They can't just switch on Bronx like that and say like, they they, they can feel that teeth mm. in the back of the neck in the 10th and just say, ow, that hurts me. Like, what are you doing? Like, stop, what are you doing? As opposed to trying to shake that off. Like, is this something that writers poets, people readying themselves to perform live, mm. should they be prepped for these situations? And if they're not necessarily up for that confrontation to just be like, hey, yo, relax. What do they do? See, I, I think personally, uh, for, for me, it's about, you know, remaining authentic to yourself. You know, young people have a great way of like gauging who's authentic and who's not in a sense of, you know, um, are you really bringing yourself to the table? Um, mm. you can't reach everyone but you can reach the ones you're called to reach you know not everyone can relate to you, to your poems to your music to your creative work um, to your story you know but there are some that will you know and I feel like um, having, having that in mind sort of removes the whole burden of I'm here to reach everybody mm. because it's not everyone that you're going to relate to it's not everyone that you can you can, you can mental you know what I mean you know th- there has to be a sense of like uh, respect on, on, on a mutual on a mutual agreement on a mutual side um, so that's, that's, that's one thing I'll say. Um, and also, um, I, I think Kenny pointed this out as well, uh, meeting them wh- where they are. I feel like sometimes we're so caught up with what we have to offer, we forget where people are. You know, mm. if a person's already full, there's no p- point offering somebody a new plate or another plate. You know, it might be a, f- a little conversation before you offer them something else. You know, more so than gauging to see, you know, have they had a bad day? So rather than yeah. you go straight into your work, then, you know, ask people how they are, like, how's it going? You know, mm. are they having a good day? Have a little banter with them. And I feel like having that sort of mindset alleviates you from saying, you know, well, this is what I have to give. I'm going to give it. Okay, if you're going to take it, take it. If you don't take it, then don't take yeah. it. You know, so uh, it's, it's that really just gauging to see what what is it that they, that they need and how can you deliver what you have in a way that they can receive it, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, 
let's get to some poems. Um, Kenny, you got something for us, please. <laughs> this is a this is a version of one of the stock pieces that I that I that I have, I guess, in the tool belt, uh, in the holster, uh, and it speaks to. For me, this is one that I, I like to like to offer up to the to the proper knuckle knuckleheads. Um, look, I'll be out here, stood up all on my lonely, preaching that get a gun, one foot up on my sofa. But listen, what I mean is, this is back when I was younger, out on road with me, stabbing and shooting for real, had me back up on some homeschooling. I'm old Ben Kenobi in the system I done been through. Got me going through my Obi once again. With all that knowledge and ammunition, your mind's a weapon that I be talking. Sound like nephew need to learn to use the force like Luke. Listen. Your mind's a weapon to get you shot. Just walk up on a paparazzi, juxtaposition on lenses. Look like a snub nose. And the snub to the nose from this close, it look like a sword off. Or the sword off of robbing the door on the mag of the SR. Fully loaded, empty knowledge, ammunition in your subconscious. Listen. Subconsciously, openly tote the desi. Spread eagle on my shoulder, black panther around my neck. That's the 44 white claw back talons in the clip. Self-conscious though how long it took to pull it out of this holster like the hood off of a falcon. Mine's a weapon on my wrist. Check the time watch. Make this time bomb stop. Tick. Listen. Hit a silence. Paul bearer. Fear the death in the trunk on the gunner that packs as big as an elephant's tusk poking up out of his coffin like a bayonet. A 357.6 cylinder revolver Smith & Wesson. Mine's a weapon. Dirty Harry never jammed. Put the toast to the donut jelly dripping on their hands. Being bullied by the bow to peer pressure by the idea. Double low with the wall to just how I'm thinking with a license to kill him softly to re-educate in Lauren Hill. Mine's a weapon, I got a permit, still learn the German the Luger. I used to 450 British bulldog him through the muzzle. To my 5.7 All-American, the Rugers now Rosetta Stone Beretta, so they flew it when that gun took. Listen, that's John Wick's bent index when I'm speaking. Spent shells about the side of my mouth, a money machine. Stop police and brass casings tap, dance across the floor, flows that hollow shells carpet the floors of your cerebellum. Having knowledge, ammunition, parabellum down the hallway, thermal image through the walls, metamorphosis through the doors, closed wounds open, one way back, swing like a scarf, switch iron, baby, drive a street, sweep a motor, listen. Unfold a detachable stock like a lawn chair, sliding the receiver, Phillips head, mines a weapon, slowly screwdriving the barrel, same attaching the scope. Red dots on their forehead, cross hairs on your torso. From this overwatch bell clock in the tower, no Stradamus like I'm stretching on my stomach with that sick three thigh. Long barrel, thoughts and arrow, caught him coming out the building. Mine's a weapon, lone gunman, sniper, rifle on the roof. Ask my spider way of thinking, spin drifting, coexistion of the knowledge ammunition to make adjustments for a sh lesson. Whatever, whichever the model you comfortable shooting, your mind is a weapon, whether shoddy or carry Beretta, the Luger, the Dutch, or the Glock of the Smith in the Western, the Koch and the Heckler is expected to keep busting your shooter. By any means necessary, KRS-1 in the Uzi or Che with that 30 long, live the revolution or Malcolm with the M1 eye out the window, one hand closed the curtain stage left, walking back on. Little knowledge, ammunition, and the minds of weapon clip extended, we single-handed, slow clap back, a round of applause, listen. <laughs> oh, oh, <that's> <laughs> I was like, I was, I was, I was, I was in there, that, 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 that pause was there, I was just no. like, I was listening, I was like, whoa, oh, oh. Thank Damn. you. 
Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm just like, all right, cool. This is, I'm even thinking just the research into all of that. Like that, that, I'm like, there are people, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're good to just hold that. I can, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly happy for you just to hold it. I'm not trying to do all that work. <laughs> you just done that work and all the time. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm so good. Respect, and, respect. um, yeah, man, thank you very much. Um, before we sign off, uh, what is on your shelf? What is on your shelf? I'm very, very, very interested. <laughs> Do you know what? If I could pick, I'm right by my shelf as well. <laughs> okay, top is little ladies, bold, bold women in Black history. Really all right, all right, you man. Dope. This, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a. It's, it's, it's one of those things where. Um, trying to get her into understanding more represent, about representation and um, mm. just journeying with her through her. She's four years old, so... Bless, her, bless, bless, bless. Yeah, yeah. Trying to just get her into understanding more about culture and, you know, what black women in history have, have done. So by the mm. time that primary school age and or secondary, you know, she's already, she already has a foundation of her. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Ken, what about you? What's on your shelf, man? Literally? Oh, Figuratively. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. I'm just like, I'm I'm um where where you want to go, take let's, us. Let's, man. let's go, let's go with so my shelf. In the theme of following with John, my daughter's six. All right. All right? Nice. And Dope. she's writing this story. She writes stories all the time. I'll take her to school and we tell stories as she tells me stories as we go. And this is one of her. This is one of her pieces. It's called The Problem Solver. Mm. The little girl had a problem. There was a wolf and she was scared. My daughter wrote this. This, 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 this is no <laughs> lie. This is no lie. This is no lie. I changed one or two words. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But this is her. The little girl had a problem. There was a wolf and she was scared. But no worries. Don't worry. The problem solver's here. Don't run away. Don't look away. Be brave and face your fears. And all your worries no longer worry will poof and disappear. Wow. And you talk about you talk about (laughs) the reason we do this, right? Like Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, and for me, again, you know, not being the one but 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 trying to help facilitate the many ones. Something like that, man. And you know, I get this, you know, this type of thing is is, you know, we get it when we work with, with the with the community we work with. Things like that come out all the time and, and they touch us and they move us and they inspire us um, and just give thanks for the work that we do. Just give thanks yeah. for the work that we do and the, and, the, and the blessings and gifts we've been given, man, for real. Well, well and even in, in, in saying that, and just to wrap up, I'm very thankful to the work that both of you do. Um, I feel like I... No, it's an absolute honor. It's an absolute honor and it's a pleasure to speak to both of you because I feel like individually we haven't had a moment like this no. to just rap. Do you see what I mean? Like it's it's Kenny, I've been aware for me from when I was like even before I wrote Colt. Do you see what I mean? And 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 John, I've just been seeing the journeys in terms of just like how you've been working. Congratulations and Jared also, by the way. Um, in seeing how that's gonna be growing and I continue to 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 Look forward to the work you're doing. We're seeing you, John. We're seeing you. 
<laughs> and it's um, it's just an absolute pleasure to kind of have you in this space, not only to speak as an artist, but to speak as 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 how can I shapers, shapers, thinkers within within the spaces that you that you work within and working with young people, young adults, community folks, in terms of trying to change the landscape in terms of how literature is received. So with that, I'm very, very, very thankful to to be speaking to both of you and both for you to have the time just to kind of just to crack some jokes, share some work yeah. and just talk about your experiences, man. Thank you very, very, very much. And I look forward to just attending a show, you know, when when it's next up, when this whole pandemic phase is doing what is done and we open up to kind of attend our shows safely. You know what I mean? Indeed, indeed. Uh, thank you. Thank you to uh, Apples and Snakes, uh, Lisa and Nat. Uh, great work you're doing. Drew at Lab Studios, Big Up. Uh, John, like I said, we seeing you, son. It's good to finally meet you. Thank you. Uh, Yomi. <laughs> I hope y'all hearing this. I wish y'all could see the shoulder shrugging and the smile like this dude, this dude. Keep shining, oh, stuff. Please man. keep shining. All good, all good. Thank, Thank you very much. Yeah, as well. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me as well. It's a pleasure to be, you know, with you gents as well, man. Really is humbling. And this, this is going to be one of those moments where later on you're going to ask me about, yeah, what was that moment where you felt like, yeah, this is. This is <laughs> We appreciate that. Yeah, uh, what's, yeah. what's on your shelf, you know, me as well? What's you, you Yeah, know, what's, right? Yeah. What's on your shelf? Oh, man. Yeah. Right now I'm reading I'm reading a book called Black Joy. Um and it's it's an amazing and some it's just like a, a an anthology of, of a variety of writers' essays. And it's just that it's black joy. It's it's nothing is gonna make me feel like I wanna flip a table. Do you know what I mean? Like look to trip up people. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 stories and it's memories that I recall kind of experiencing myself. And it's just so dope to just see people write about it and, and not necessarily dip into forms of like trauma. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. felt like I just needed a minute just to kind of just just laugh a bit, crack some jokes, recommend it to some friends. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that's me. That's me at the moment. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Until 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 next time. I don't know when we're going to see each other, but hopefully it's going to be soon, man. Yeah, yeah. we'll pick up where we left off. <laughs> thank you for listening to Apples and Snakes, the podcast. I've been your host, Yomi Shode. And I hope you've enjoyed today's deep dive into the lives of black British poets and creatives. Big ups to audio producer Drew Hawley at The Lab Studios. If you want to find out more about Apples and Snakes, head over to www.applesandsnakes.org and follow Apples and Snakes on all social media channels. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please, please, please subscribe wherever you would usually listen to your podcast and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.